As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. A uh, very special episode today. It's the second time we've done it. Hey, Chris Vaccaro, what's happening? How, how are you doing? Uh, Nando, these days are uh, running long, my friend. Uh, draft after draft. Uh, finished another one tonight after two yesterday, another two today, and uh, another two tomorrow. So we're just cranking these drafts out right now, buddy. It's uh, it's big of you to do this, uh, this podcast. Uh, well, it's big of you to host it. In between it all. Thank you. Uh, for those of you... Who, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those yeah. of you who are joining us from a you know, different universe, who are multiverse skipping, you probably already heard a podcast from me and Chris Vaccaro. That's because he hit record in a different universe on his uh, side of the podcast. Mm-hmm. In this universe, he didn't. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah have a, a good guy. laugh. What a guy. Have a good laugh. Hey, you know what, buddy? We talked for an hour earlier for no point, for no reason, and now we'll do it again. Well, you know, people say, like, why do you like doing the podcast with that guy? I'm like, it's like doing it. It's like almost like doing a phone call with a friend, really. Uh, you know, I was just on a radio show the other day, and uh, they were talking about it, and I said, you know, it's like just getting together at the bar and talking to my friend for uh, an hour about football. So yeah. I, I paid you the same compliment. I should have. I should have. Uh, I should grab a drink. Uh, I, I won't. A let's just do this show. Yeah, let's do it. Let's right? get into yeah. it. There's so we much to cover, stuff. Nando. There's right, so, so much to cover. There's. I've been in literally fifteen to twenty high stakes drafts over the last ten days. Uh, I must I'm be nice excited. to not remember if it's not fifteen or twenty. Like yeah, you have exactly. that kind of money. I know. Like, yeah, auctions. I, know. I was stuff. in a couple auctions live in New York City. I was in the New York Super. I was in. Big, big dollar drafts. I have, I mean, I, just so much to cover in this episode. I know we're pressed for time. I want to talk about what's going on on draft boards. I want to talk strategies. I want to talk each position. Let's go, buddy. Well, the most, so I think the most compelling thing uh, that all, you know, that came out a little later in the original show, and you actually wrote about it in your column that comes out on Thursday, which might already be out by the time this runs, mm-hmm. um, I found very interesting. Last week on the show, uh, on the Better Sports Network, I had to do with Corey Parsons. We uh we went over the draft boards. I asked Greg at NFFC to send me over some draft boards, um you know so we could just you know talk about what what are the pros doing this weekend like because you see NFFC we talk about NFFC ADP all the time, and 
you know, we, you know, we set the parameters. Like, let's see what's been happening since August 15th. You know, if it's, if it's the 30th or let's see what's been happening since, you know, August 31st. Um, I want to know, like, there's this dichotomy. Well, it's not even a dichotomy. It's you see the NFFC ADP, everyone's included in it, except for like the live big time drafters who were in the main event and prime time and stuff like that. We, we just wanted to see what they were doing. Like once you actually sit down at this table, stuff you've been kind of like hiding from the public for so long, the ADPs go out the window and it's just like a totally different draft. And you're sitting there like, look what this guy did. And so we're looking at this draft from the New York Super and... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, someone took Saquon Barkley fifth. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. And guess who it was? Yep. Yeah. It was just Team 5. It didn't say any names. But, no, it uh, didn't, huh? You're talking was... to the man right here who took... Uh, you're yours truly. Listen, yeah. I'm all in on Saquon, and uh, I have to diversify from here on out, honestly, because I'm just too overexposed to Saquon at this point. Uh, I think I have seven primetime drafts, and he's on five of them at, at, at this point. I think I have one more of that. I won't take him in, but, um, you know, listen, I'm all in, and uh, I have him ranked as my third running back overall at the position after McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor, and uh, I have no hesitation taking him in the middle of the first round, whereas most drafters right now are taking him in the back end of the first, but you routinely see him go in the seventh, eighth, ninth overall pick, so I have no clue. You know, there was a lot of talk on, on um on radio that night after the draft about that pick at five and you know what when i think about it it's like relax people i mean he goes in like pick eight nine and ten like overall in the first round that i moved him up to fifth because i have him over eckler and um you know like a dalvin cook or so it's really not that big of a deal to me i just love the guy i love the situation i love brian dable and that whole coaching staff coming over putting in a new offense that knows how to get Saquon the ball in space out of the backfield. They draft Evan Neal uh, in the first round, uh, sixth or seventh overall. And they also, you know, that's off of Andrew Thomas last year. So they're rebuilding this offensive line, brought in a couple other linemen. And uh, I think the line is going to be a a top half of the NFL line. And the whole offense is going to be based on Barkley. That is, is, well, that's quite the proclamation for the Giants offensive line. Yeah, it it is because you know what you everybody thinks about what the Giants' offensive line has been these past five six years, and it's been garbage. But they've slowly rebuilding it now with two top first round picks in the last two years. That counts for something. So people get caught on hooked on the past and just thinking it's going to carry over to the following years. No, you got to treat each situation as a new entity every year. But listen. That was that's my pick there. I have no problem doing it. I have I've had no problem doing it all summer long. I, I what if you had the fourth pick? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I have a couple more drafts. I don't know. <laughs> Why are you being so coy now? You just revealed you've been hiding the secret. No, what the third overall? No, weeks. the third the third overall pick is the easiest pick in fantasy this year. Uh, it's Jonathan Taylor. Christian McCaffrey and Justin Jefferson. Right, whatever one, whatever one of those three, uh, you know, are are still on the board. That's your third overall pick. Right, and then you took yeah. Saquon at five. Yeah. What but did I'm you saying, ask? The third pick or the no, fourth? No, the fourth pick. pick. Come oh, on, man! I'm the one who's supposed to be tired here. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, Cooper Cup. You could take. Okay, uh, you, you can be evasive all you want. There you go. You, you. I mean, all right, fine. I'm not. You know what? 
You're good yeah, guy. You're harping. You're harping too much. I'm harping because I know you don't want to answer. Why don't you say not? I don't want to answer this. <laughs> I, I just answered. I think I gave a pretty <laughs> decent right, in depth. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Man, we can go anywhere with this because, like, I, I, like, it's kind of neat because I want to touch you... on all positions and 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 strategies. And, oh, sure. And Anything else, sir? Yeah. So. Do you want some recipes? <laughs> you want to throw in? No, no. Go ahead. Listen. You want to that New York Super Draft? Uh, um. You know. It's it's a go get your guy season type of draft. You have all the best drafters in the world in it, from Billy Waz to Mike Edelman to Nelson Sousa to Glenn Lowy to Andy Sack. You got all these guys just all around the table. Glenn Schroeder, who won it last year. These are just the biggest names and best players in the industry. So you can't sit back and wait and, and, and hope that you get some extra value in it. Um you know, I, it, my, my plan from the top half of the board, Nando, when you're in those top five, six picks overall, is to land your bell cow back in the first and then build off of that at the wide receiver position three or four spots, especially if you're in that one or two spot. For the people that are drafting in these next couple days, um, if you are if you land that one, two, or three spot and you can get a McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor – I love taking one of those two guys and then drafting four straight wide receivers in the next four rounds. So uh, that's how I've been playing it all draft season. What did you do in your two today? Did you do anything wacky? Uh, what did I do today? So I had I the third these, overall. These all, I had all... the third overall pick today in today's prime time, and I landed uh, Justin Jefferson at three after McCaffrey and Taylor came off the board. Nice. And um, I did. I actually played this draft a little differently than, than um, I have uh, in the past. And you know, in the past, uh, is this one like a less money? What's like? What's the deal? No, with this not one? at all. Not all at right. all. This is a, this is an NFFC primetime. This is a main event uh, league, and this was the first time, maybe the second time. Actually, last night I had the number one overall pick, and I took McCaffrey. And then today was the second time I had an early pick, and I took Justin Jefferson. And when I took Justin Jefferson, I came back in the second and third rounds and took receivers again. So I had three big wide receivers, and I planned on taking a fourth one in the fourth round. But when I came back around, Nick Chubb was still on the board. And although, I'll be honest, I'm not high on Nick Chubb, and I don't even have any other shares of him this year, uh, I thought it was a perfect fit for this team. Uh, I rolled the dice. And the reason why, let me get, just get into a quick strategy on this. I could have taken one of maybe four or five really good receivers that I like in the fourth round right. to be my fourth. But it, it puts you in a hole. And this is what drafters are going to face in these high-stakes leagues. It, it puts you in – it ties your hands behind your back because now you have a fourth receiver and you're going for the long term, okay? And what I mean – you know you know what I mean by that, right? The, yep. I'm going for – I have to wait a lot of picks. And one of – the running backs that is my favorite mid-round pick that completes a lot of my builds is A.J. Dillon. Now, I knew I was drafting 39th overall when I was on the clock when I took Nick Chubb. And I said to myself, if I don't take Nick Chubb here, um, who's a, a, probably my last back on a, on a tier of elite backs. When I say elite backs, I mean like a top 12 or 15 back. So if I didn't take Nick Chubb there... And then I came on the long turn, and somebody picked off A.J. Dillon, which A.J. Dillon goes between 50th and 58th overall. If Dillon got picked and I took my fourth receiver instead of Nick Chubb, I would have been like, all right, well, now I just got to punt running back completely, and this is a complete zero RB build. And I'm talking like the real definition of zero RB build, where I'm like 
through six rounds and I have five receivers and a quarterback or five receivers and a tight end, and I'm just putting together a mish, mishmash of running backs through the seventh through like 14th rounds. And I didn't want to do that because I don't believe this year zero RB is a successful strategy if not executed perfectly. Um, so I took Nick Chubb, and then when I came all the way back around, Dylan was still on the board, and I said, well, this was my original plan anyway. So let me actually put together two solid running backs on a team that has three really strong wide receivers. So it was a different way to build for me. The team was definitely something that um, I don't have any other builds or teams that look like this. But I was happy to get Nick Chubb and uh, A.J. Dillon. And then I added Lamar Jackson in the sixth, who's my favorite fantasy quarterback this year. So I wound up loving the team. Uh, and I don't want to go round by round, but um, it was a really... <laughs> It was a really strong team, in my opinion. Can I? Uh, I have three questions for you. Three follow-ups. Yep. Yep. Uh, number one, can you please check and make sure you're recording this? Uh, I'm fun. serious. I know you no, think it's no. funny. No, it's not funny. You're Don't right. hit any weird buttons. Just, no. please, just, just open you're the window right. and come back quickly. I have 14 minutes in All right. recording. Awesome. This is Perfect. great. Yes. Uh, Step one, I've graduated. Congratulations. We're, we have a podcast. Um, number two, and mm -hmm. I, this is a longer answer I think we're going to get, but like, you talk about that, and you know we got into this in the lost episode about AJ Dillon. You're calling him elite, and you know your definition of elite is still top fifty. But like, yeah, uh, it seems like you don't have any reservations at all about like splitting carries or Aaron Jones maybe getting the bulk of the you know even no, if the bulk I mean, of the I work am. is that, that is going to happen. Yeah, no, that is going to happen, but that's not why. I, and I want to use the word elite for AJ Dillon. I know earlier in the day I, I messed up and I, not messed. No, up. I don't, I don't think I, you I messed up because your definition of elite is it's not like top three. You know, it's like twelve to fifteen. That's just yeah, your, go ahead. Uh, I'll yeah. get I'll get into it. I just get yeah. Finish your question, buddy. Well, I forget what the, I should have written it down, but I forget what the third one is. It'll come to me after you. You know. Okay. When, when well, all right, so here's what, here's what I'm saying. AJ Dillon is a big part of my draft plan because when you have wide receiver heavy, and I always want to have three receivers through. Uh, five rounds at minimum, sometimes four. I, I have done the, the running back, running back uh, build in a lot of these high stakes leagues, but only from the back end of the first round. Okay, I can't do it from the beginning. That's a whole nother episode that we could dive deep into, but... What if know. it was your home league? Are you specifically speaking to... Oh, no, 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 no. Because no, I mean, because... No, home league's different. I don't I don't consider it. I just know the high stakes crowd and the high stakes draft board, there's a flow to these drafts. You know where guys are gonna land within five or six picks. Very rarely, unless you get into a soft league with some guys that are just drafting their one and done teams, uh, you really don't get crazy value, um, unless you get lucky. Um, and and that's it. And I, you have such disdain for these, you know, people who aren't part of your community who just want no, to show up and do a high stakes oh, that, draft. That's not true. It's just you know, and you can ask any other high stakes player that plays decent volume and has multiple teams. Uh, that you know, there's a flow, and people know that when you get into a league and you're looking at six guys in the league, and you're like, ah, eh, these guys aren't like you know, play multiple teams and know the feel of the draft board at the high stakes level i could probably get away with something in this draft anybody will tell you that and it's not a knock on the guys that come in plunk eighteen hundred dollars down for that one draft a season they just aren't in nightly drafts like you know myself and and a whole handful of other players are so there's a feel to this okay um so back to what I was saying, the two running backs, 
back end, if I'm in that nine to 12 range, I could pull it off. I could get my, uh, you know, my Barkley Swift mix in, followed it up with a Kamara, um, you know, Javante Williams, whatever combination. Because I know in NFFC third round reversal, I'm getting a stud receiver in the third round between picks 25 and 30. And then I'm going to probably clip two other decent wide receivers at the back end of the fourth and early fifth. So I'll know I'll have three receivers. So that's just that strategy. I, I wouldn't, I'm not comfortable this season drafting two straight running backs out of the early part of the season. But back to your original question, Nando, I know I'm jumping all over the place. But for me, A.J. Dillon is a huge part of a lot of my builds and a lot of draft plans because he's the last big running back. And then there's a huge tier, like a fall off. There's two other running backs that are right there. Damian Pierce, who I'm not touching. I don't want any part of. He goes in the 50s and early 60s. I'm not in on him. And then there's also Ezekiel Elliott, who sometimes goes in the 4th, sometimes goes in the 5th, sometimes goes in the 6th. I'm scared to death of him. So he's not on my draft plan either. That just leaves A.J. Dillon. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about with A.J. Dillon. Now, do I know he's splitting with Aaron Jones? Yeah, of course. We all know that. But here's the thing. A.J. Dillon has 15 touchdown-plus potential in this offense. I think he's going to get the ball 15 times a game. He's shown last year that he's not a zero in the pass game, that he's got hands, and Rodgers is willing to throw to him out of the backfield. So at any week, he could give me 20 points. And whether that's as my RB1 on a heavy wide receiver build in the fifth round or as my RB2 in the fifth round on a two-running-back, three-receiver approach, I just think my teams look way better. And I've done it a lot. And in the New York Super, I took him in the fifth round as well. So that's just the A.J. Dillon topic that I, you know, that we discussed. All right, so say you're going into round six with two run, And I mean, like, you know, I don't know changes yeah. all the time. But if you're right. going, like, two running backs, one of them's A.J. Dillon, you got three stud wide receivers. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you try and build up, like, are you looking at, like, Chase Edmonds? Like, like, what are you yeah, trying great, to great question. Back, back up, basically? Great question. And and the answer to that is when you have that build, Nando, it opens up the draft board completely for you. That's why I that's why I don't like the zero RB build because you have four or five receivers and then you get into that sixth and if a receiver fell to you, you can't take them, okay? And then you're forced to take a running back. And if you don't like the running back, then you're like, ah, I don't want to move up Chase Edmonds or a Ramondre Stevenson, who are the next two running backs that I have in that area. But I can get these guys in the seventh most of the time. 
You know, let's throw in Cam Akers now, who I'm kind of back and forth on. Um, you know, this dead Choose zone, a side. Choose a side. I will. Don't, I don't will. Be the Wolverine. I will, Nando, but guess what? That zero RB build that you uh, – I'm sorry, the dead zone that you hate the term of, um, it's Why do you love really it so dead. Much? It's really dead, Nando. Like, you know, last month, the fifth and sixth and seventh rounds were loaded with a lot of running backs. And we talked about it on last week or two weeks ago episode. They All the running backs have fallen out of this zone. So I don't want to come into these rounds needing a running back. So when I have that bill that you just talked about, now you go into the sixth and seventh, well, guess what it does for me? It opens up my opportunity to take my elite quarterback. I could take my Justin Herbert, my Lamar Jackson, my Kyler Murray. If I want to move a little earlier on Burrow or Jalen Hurts, I can. I could go there, okay? If Darren Waller falls into that area in that sixth, seventh round, I can take my elite tight end or a George Kittle who, um, you know, we got the news earlier today, as a matter of fact, that Kittle hurt his groin in practice. So now that's, you know, um, that could be an issue heading into week one. But before today, just say Waller and Kittle were an option there to, for a build to take the elite tight end. Um, you know, and and you could go any which way. You can add a, a fourth or a fifth wide receiver because right there in that sixth and seventh round, there's like five or six receivers that I really like. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, Hunter Kirk. Renfro, Christian Kirk, Devontae Smith. Kadarius Tony, who's falling, but I can move him up if I wanted to as a bailout, as a fourth receiver or a fifth receiver. So he's a big part of my draft plan. Uh, it just opens up the whole draft board when you go into these sixth and seventh rounds when you build the way we talked about earlier. Do you so shy away? Question. Do you shy away from Tony on the Barkley teams? No, not no. at all. I have no problem with, and that happens, and it seems like. There's a lot of that this year, Nando. I, for whatever reason, I, I look up and I'm like, all right, I have the running back. I did that today, as a matter of fact. I'm trying to think of – jeez. Uh, Come on, sorry. man. You're holding up the whole show. Uh, People are looking for insights. Yeah. no, Actually, I, I will tell you. It was my other draft. It was Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk. All right, I Didn't nice. have a problem with it. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. great to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> you. Um, I, by the way, I think I like – um. You know, we could have gone anywhere with the show. Uh, I, like, I don't think we're like if you came looking for like the preview for these games this week. I, I'm, you know, I'm speaking for myself. I, I'm sure Vaquero agrees. Like, I don't find that I can't do matchups not knowing anything about these teams yet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm maybe throwing together like a three dollar six team parlay, and I'm starting all my starters in fantasy, but I'm not getting too deep into like you know the granularness of it all. You know, you know, last year the Packers allowed X amount of sacks. Uh, not for me, man. These are different teams, different players. Like you need some data, fresh data, and uh, so that's why we're not getting. I mean, I, I think the other shows will, but this show isn't going to really get into like this yeah, we'll week's do that games. The, you know, you know, each week, each week on our show, we'll get into the team, pre the game previews and stuff like that. Yeah, and, this know, week, not, I, no, we're still wrapping now. up draft season. Still, yeah, listen, this is episode. I wanted it all to be about draft strategy and talking about what the draft plans were and what players we were trying to build around, stuff like that. I think that'll be the most helpful to our listeners. 
It's really well, just an ego stroke. It's really just an well, ego uh, stroke. Uh, listen, you, right now you could still go to over to NFFC, uh, National Fantasy Football Championship coms over at the NFFC and still get in drafts all the way up until Sunday morning. So if you're listening to this show and you're getting the Jones Jonesing to, to draft, you could draft for the next four or five days at any price level, any price point. So jump right in. You can still get in the main events prime times for $1,800. You could still get into a $25 draft. So hop on over there and, and, and jump in some drafts still. Use code Vaquero for 10% off. <laughs> Not, well, see now you say that. People are going to be putting in that code going, what the hell? <laughs> they lied to me. <laughs> yeah, they lied to me. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, you could, I, I should add auctions. Like if you're into that, we talked about that in the earlier show. Love the auctions, man. Yeah, I, but I mean, I you, you can run auctions. some. They're still running at NFFC, right? I believe so. I believe you said so. you promised earlier they were. I, well, nobody heard that episode. <laughs> I, I cleared out I cleared out my calendar tomorrow. <laughs> no, you're not playing an auction. No. Yeah, I, said, I, told my, I told my wife, like, you're in charge of the auction's not a, listen, an auction is an auction unless you're sitting next to me and I'm yelling at you for just yelling out prices and names that you shouldn't be no you know what i didn't that's, that's actually not true that's we've yeah. you know that's you're beating a dead horse again we made that joke a couple weeks ago oh, okay well, i believe hey you know who's gonna move up the board these next uh, last five days of drafts chris godwin now all of a sudden it looks like he's not going to be on the pup list to start and i could see chris godwin going from the sixth round to probably the fourth round of drafts for all these guys that are wide receiver needy when they get into the fourth round so who's gonna drop Evans, Julio Jones? Uh, the, someone's mean, got a seesaw, right? Well, Julio Jones will definitely drop, but you know, you're talking about a tenth or eleventh round drafter. Maybe I Mike Evans Mike Evans is routinely falling into the third round in most drafts in high stakes, whereas it's funny, a month and a half ago, Mike Evans was you know, basically the seventh locked in as the seventh wide receiver off the board after the big six. And there were drafts in online championship season in July where he would sneak into the back end of the first round, early second round, but he was a top 15 overall pick. Now you can't even see him in the top two rounds. He goes like mid-third round. Um, so, you know, he goes in that round of receivers that I love where there's um, A.J. Brown, Michael well, Michael Pittman first, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, who's my guy that I love, um, you know. What about DJ Jerry Judy? Moore, it would, uh, do you Jerry, like Jerry no, Judy, or Jerry, do you can only, Jerry, can only choose one? No, you can't just just choose one. But Jerry Judy goes two rounds later. Jerry Judy's a late fourth round pick. Uh, you know, I'm in on this Denver offense. I like them. I like Sutton. I like Judy. I like Javante Williams, and I like Russ. I mean, I'm in on the Denver offense, and it's funny too because you know how every year when I write my articles, you're like, oh god, dude, there's just one offense every year that Picaro just like adopts. And he talks about last year it was Cincinnati, the year before it was Arizona. I managed to talk about that team, uh, you know, every week in my article and, and say, oh, this was the game I was looking forward to the most. Well, I'll give you a heads up. Get get ready for a lot of Denver talk in my articles this year. Great. I can't wait. Yeah. This year, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, well, you know why? Because like, it's, it's almost like they're boring. That's my, boring. that's Denver. Broncos? Yeah. Oh, stop. You're just saying stupid stuff. Well, no, I mean, like, look, you know what's Why are they boring? How is is that offense boring? Williams and Gordon both have, uh, for fantasy, Williams, Uh, if you're just looking at the parts, Williams and Gordon both have uh, ceilings because of each other. Russell Wilson is, you know, Russell Wilson, whatever. And Sutton and Judy and, you know, whoever else, KJ Hamler, whoever, 
uh, it's just going to like, I yeah, feel like I it's going to be ro- rotation. Like, uh, so how is that not an exciting offense though with all those weapons? All right. Anyway, let's not go. Down I feel like, you know, like the Rams are, you know, when they had Od- Odell Beckham, that was exciting. Cause he knew like, maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's a Seattle thing. Maybe I'm just putting Russell Wilson in the don't pass a lot offense, you know, precise, no, you know, going. Lockett's going to get seven targets and Metcalf's going to get six and they're going to do a ton with them, you know, 15 yards per reception kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe Denver's just going to let him go here, throw it 45 times. Enjoy. Yeah, I don't know. Nando, how did you feel about Kyle Pitts? Are you obsessed with Kyle Pitts this year? And, and did you draft him on any of your garbage fantasy teams? No. You know what's funny? Uh, I had him last year a lot. Okay. And this year is just the pro- – like I ended up getting like Darren Waller on a you ton like of teams scored? this year. Yeah, I've, I've warmed up to Darren Waller a lot now. Um, I think, you know, you know, he fell down draft boards because he was MIA in, in training camp for a long time. But I think he's going to get paid, hopefully, before opening day. And I think in the seventh round, he's a steal, and I started taking him. And my draft plan, Nando, was to really push tight end down and to try and put a combination of two tight ends together in that 10th, you know, like rankings-wise, 10 to like 16 overall because I like four or five tight ends in this area. Um, so my plan going into most drafts was I'm not jumping. I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to be the Kelsey guy this year. I have zero shares of him. I have zero Andrew shares in the second round. Um, Pitts is the only guy I love that I would make a move on in the third round, but it's so difficult, in my opinion, to take Kyle Pitts, a tight end, in the third round and build around that. You know, you always feel like you're a little soft at receiver or you're missing an elite RB2 or anything like that. So it's tough for me to take Kyle Pitts, but I do love him a lot. I only have a few shares of him, but it's just a tough build for me. Um, You know, my guy that I would like to build around, not build around, but, you know, what's happened in these high stakes drafts is as much as I want to you know, pass on tight end and build up my running back and receiver room and get a, and a top eight quarterback. Hawkinson, Goddard, even your boy Darren Wolder, like I said, the first three or four uh, high stakes leagues I was in, I got Darren Wolder um, in the seventh round. So I couldn't pass that up, the opportunity for an elite tight end in the seventh. But Goddard and Hawkinson landed on a lot of my teams in the last week just because they're there in the eighth and ninth rounds. And I'm not falling off the tier cliff once Goddard and and Hawkinson go there's a cliff and um yeah but, well, I actually had that cliff at Freermuth you do yeah that's right that's where I thought the cliff uh, fell that's yeah, where I no, thought it I, was Freermuth goes like three or four rounds after Goddard and Hawkinson you know to me it's it's Hawkinson and then wait and then my next guy up which I'm comfortable building uh, I'm comfortable waiting just because I have that tight end that I love to be the breakout tight end this year, and that's Cole Komet. And I can get him in the 10th round of most of my drafts, and he's my most owned tight end through the last two months. Tell you who I've got. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. uh, I mean. Well, I'd like your opinion. That's all. When I I let things drop a little too much, um, I've ended up with the same two players, depending on the depth of the league. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of Noah Font. Ooh. I think, yeah, I don't know, man. I think Geno Smith. Fant, Noah Fant doesn't even get no drafted Fant. anymore. I know. In 20-round drafts in the NFFC. Can you believe that? I mean, I, at a certain point, like, when you're just but looking at, like. that's a perfect Nando tight end right there. Noah Fant and, like, I mean, please, who, who else are you going to tell me? Jono Smith? No, well, now I don't want to tell you. 
Okay. Let's just move Sorry. along. I don't want to. I don't want to draft shame you, Nando. Hayden Hurst. But... Hayden Hurst is the other one. <laughs> you know what? I don't even believe you. You're just no, yeah, well, Hayden Hurst. Uh, I'm sorry. If you have a end, Hayden. Listen, a, if you, a pass catching tight end for one of the most high powered offenses in the NFL. But you, let's just let's just make fun of Nando. Nando, if you have a Hayden Hurst, Noah Fant tight end combination, you're destined for last place as usual. Okay. It's not a combination. They're on different different teams, different leagues of different sizes. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Bunch of best balls. Yeah. Listen, back to the tight end. You know, Cole Komet was my guy. After that, I'm totally comfortable building a tight end room of two and if not three tight ends of all these late guys that go routinely pick 140 overall and later in these high-stakes drafts and let it play out. Um, You know, Irv Smith is a favorite of mine. I think Irv Smith's been uh, wrongfully misplaced now on the draft board where if he stayed healthy all summer and didn't have this thumb injury and surgery that he had to go for, Herb Smith would have been right there with Cole Komet in that 110 overall range, in my opinion. Okay? He's not going to leave the field, and he's a move tight end in an offense that is going to a high passing attack. Okay? So I think he could be the second option in that pass game, even over Adam Thielen. Okay? I think he takes that next step. So Herb Smith... Getting him at 140, 150 overall now is a three-round value. I love taking him on drafts that I don't get a top tight end and pairing him with an Njoku, uh, an Evan Ingram, a um, – who else am I missing here? Uh, Njoku, Evan Ingram, and, and oh, somebody no. else. Check your notes, man. Come on. Albert O. I like Albert O. To take a shot as a second tight end, Albert O. Uh, I don't have a problem with him either. And there's a lot of guys you could take a shot on in draft. Gerald Everett Lee is a decent one. But those are just some of my favorites uh, right there, Nando. So I have no problem. Brevin Jordan is a nice late, late just, tight just end. Just name every tight end except for the two uh, that I named. I'm Go telling ahead. you that. Yeah. But I'm telling you that's why I don't have a problem. Oh, the guy I'm thinking of that I brain freezing on here along Howard. with those guys is Tyler Higby. So Higby's another one in an offense missing a, a legit third Wide receiver, you know, with all the attention on Cup and Allen Robinson, you know, uh, in this offense in the past game, Higby, I could see sneaking out five or six catches every game underneath. So Higby, I think, is very misplaced on the board also. So if you give me a weight approach on tight end in drafts and I take a combination of those five or six guys I just mentioned, I I love it. So I was totally fine at the tight end position all draft season. I love it. I love it. I've been swinging raw sewage. Go. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> That's the tight end uh, Bible right there, according to Chris Vaccaro. That was great. I know it sounds like Vaccaro uh, was taking all the information that we went over in the first show that was lost and trying to just put it into one monologue, but he wasn't. That was actually fresh stuff. That was fresh. That was that was really that was a from the heart. I mean, there's no way we could possibly recite. Um, you know, everything we talked about in the first show. So I knew it was we so great. You said so many politically incorrect things in that first show that would have made did. it through. And you yeah. called high stakes legend Mike Edelman, Mark Edelman five times. So uh, no, it was like three. Did. And then you I said, did. I think his name is Mike. And I said, I have no clue who you're talking about, Mark Edelman. And you're like, Mark oh, Edelman's you're... a sports lawyer. All right. I'm just saying, if you're going to, if you're going to call out some of the high stakes legends, at least get their names right. I wasn't calling out. I was shouting out. There's a difference. Gotcha. Gotcha. Since I'm not allowed to say one name, uh, I, moved on. <laughs> I moved on to Mike Edelman. Yes. 
Listen, you've taken control of the show. I don't know where you want to go next, but uh, let's talk I, about I, the why quarterback. I I, listen, I wanted to talk why about all different positions and strategies and everything like that. So let's go. You know, we just covered tight end. The quarterback approach to me. By the way, this is super helpful uh, the day the season starts. I'm sure everyone's very appreciative of this. Okay. Well, listen, this is it. All right. So let's talk about whatever you want. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Go to quarterback. Oh, no. This is good. No, this is really good stuff to know for the rest of the season. No, I'm just basically what I wanted to say with quarterback is I kind of looked at it as tight end. I was never worried about the quarterback position in fantasy, which is usually, you know, both positions are, uh, you know, something I have to focus on every draft, but it really wasn't. I had options that I really liked early on in drafts in those middle rounds in, in Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow types. And then if those guys weren't there, I just, you know, shift focus to a Russell Wilson and if I missed a whole Russell tier, Wilson cover boy for Vaquero's newest store. That's right. Yeah. And and if Russell Wilson wasn't there, there's a lot of good quarterbacks that I liked to put a combination. You see the theme here? Just like tight end. You know, I, I did a lot of Derek Carr and Trey Lance combinations where you get two quarterbacks that I like in offenses, completely different types. You have the upside of Trey Lance, a running quarterback that I was really focused on getting. Was that early, uh, before Jimmy Garoppolo, or did you keep doing that? No, I was doing tra- – well, I mean, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo was really never in the you know the mix. He, July, we all knew it was going to be Trey Lance. So it was just a matter of sometimes he was moving up in the hot name and he was moving into the ninth round, and then sometimes he was getting you know some cold water thrown on him with bad camp reports and falling into like the 11th or 12th. I was in a high-stakes draft three nights ago where I did wait on quarterback – Burrow fell to me in the ninth round, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I this is a gift. Took Joe Burrow, and then in the 12th round, all 11, uh, all 10, 10 of the 12 owners had a quarterback, the top 10 that we all know pretty much. And two guys were just playing quarterback chicken. And although I really liked Burrow a lot, he's not, to me, in my eyes, my Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, the Jalen Hurts, those running quarterbacks that I like to have this year. And Trey Lance stayed on the board, and two owners were playing quarterback chicken and just like just kept passing. And I said, oh, you know what, 12th round, I'm taking Trey Lance, and I have a Burrow-Trey Lance combo. And if Trey Lance blows up and he's this year's superstar breakout quarterback and is dropping 30, 35 points fantasy-wise every week and running for 70, 80, 100 yards – I won't hesitate to go Trey Lance over Joe Burrow. Well, you're but talking they, about but you had good options. But now that you have good options, there was right. Derek Carr in a in a offense that's loaded with three good options and a passing offense where McDaniel's is going to come in. He's going to let Derek Carr sling it, and their defense is bad enough where you could see a lot of high scoring games. So Carr was a favorite of mine late with Trey Lance, and Kirk Cousins was another one. So combination of those three guys, if you waited on quarterback. Was uh, you know, it was a really strong draft strategy in my opinion. I have so many questions to follow up with, but they're like almost like pointless. Rapid point. fire, the buddy. Rapid no, no, fire. you know why? Because it, it really is. It's almost like pointless right now because like uh, you know, people have drafted. You know what I mean? Ah, people have drafts today when the when the pod comes out. I have a Thursday. I have a draft today, Thursday, day of the season. Like, are you doing this uh with the like like the two quarterbacks in your home league? Or is this just an NFC thing? Because you know, there's no trading. I always you know, draft. Like, I always draft two quarterbacks, um, unless it's um, 
you know, unless I draft that elite Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen type, then I wait until like the 18th, 19th rounds. I'm not going to take a draft capital pick of like the 13th, 14th, 15th rounds when I can take in a nice solid backup running back um, or a nice sixth receiver or backup tight end. I'm not going to take that for a guy that's never going to play over my elite starting quarterback um, except for the bye week. I'll just figure out the bye week late or I'll just put a Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones in the 19th round on my team. Daniel um, Jones, huh? Yeah. And, you know, I have a, I own a lot of Lamar Jackson teams this year. Um, hey, we even talk about this Lamar Jackson possible craziness. That's probably going to be frothing everyone. What, like is the, the next, what do you mean? The, what do you mean the craziness? Well, the, like Lamar Jackson kind of hinting that he might hold out and not play week one. And, you know, like, Nobody's saying that. When did you read that? He's not holding out. There was no talk of him holding out. Who said that? And you know what? I'm glad you said that because if that is true, which it yeah. isn't, yeah. but my Lamar Jackson draft strategy plan in all my Lamar Jackson drafts is I draft Lamar Jackson. I don't draft a backup running back, uh, a backup quarterback. In the 20th round, I draft Tyler Huntley. Yeah, we talked about it. Actually, that's when that came so, up. You know what's crazy? Like, so I was with Corey Parson. Um, he he uh, Fantasy executive. Yeah, fantasy executive. And he was like, we were going over that team. And I'm like, man, look at this. This guy took uh, this guy took Huntley in the last round. Instead oh, of like, another was, running back or wait, something. You realize that's my team, right? Yeah, because you just said that's what you did. Oh, all right. No, because you're talking as if, like, look at this guy, what he did. It was me. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I think I think maybe Corey, you know, read some of Jackson's quotes as being like, you know, maybe I just won't play. It's the contract stuff. You know what I mean? Like, he's, you know, but I could, you know, think about this. Are you this putting false more. information out there right now? Man? I'm not putting false information out there. Lamar Jackson said, I just, maybe I just won't play. Jackson was asked whether he feels it's a risk to play with no guaranteed money beyond this season. It was a pretty big risk last season, the year before. I'm just playing football. Anything can happen. God forbid the wrong thing happens. That's okay. cool. Maybe maybe I just won't play. I missed that sentence. I don't know. I anyway, actually, no, anyway look, moving I, on. He said it anyway. on air. He said it on air. <laughs> okay, come on. Let's. Before let's. Jackson acknowledged Friday would be the deadline to cut off talks, he was pressed whether he would continue negotiations up to the season opening kickoff at the New York Jets. No, it Don't looks start like, scaring. Don't start scaring our listeners off Lamar Jackson for no reason. I gotta right? find out where Corey. Uh, I gotta find out where Corey got this. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk something. Uh, what yeah, else? You talk you about there? something. I'm going to. Nah, what uh, else you got? What else you got here? Tell me. Lamar Jackson really might just bet on himself. Lamar Jackson sets hard deadline for contract I got a talks. quarterback playing for the big money. You know what's going to happen this weekend? He's going to get signed to a $300 million. Yeah, it'll all happen, man. You know, he you don't... signs the day before. They're not going to let him. Listen, he's going to sign. He and, should and sit. He should, thing, he should play. Who was it? Russell Wilson, the other, Russell Wilson last week, he signed for $250 million for five years, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, I, Lamar Jackson had to see that contract and go, oh, my God, I'm going to hit the jackpot. So maybe, but here's the thing. Yeah. If he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't hit him with Baltimore. Like, do you, I mean, do you pull that Le'Veon Bell and just be like, well, screw it, man. I'm just going to sit out. No. And then I'm going to sign big somewhere else. You know, it's better for my long-term Mm-mm. money. No. You sure? Yeah. Not even a thought? No. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Mitchell Trubisky. No, come on. And Marcus Mariota. 
<laughs> oh, you know what? There was someone. All right. So in our in the lost episode, there was someone I brought up, and you mocked me for it. Actually, no, you brought him up, and you Curtis mocked me Samuel. for it. I think it was Curtis Samuel. Who's the other one? <laughs> I said Curtis Samuel. Uh, you were popular. Uh, you you were well thought of in the New York live drafts because right. in the auctions. Uh, Curtis Samuel would get thrown out for a dollar, and everybody would say Nando was uh, proud because you know, listen, all the all the high stakes players that were in New York, they listen to the show, they listen to you. Do you want to name they, them all one, one by laugh. one again, or is that no, okay? They got a good laugh out of you, Curtis Samuel, Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, that was it, Donovan Peoples Jones. Donovan wannabe discussion last week that I shot down, and uh, everybody got a good laugh out of it. Donovan Peoples Jones is a starter for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, oh, great. He's. I mean, what? Right. They're going to throw a ball. Someone's got to catch it. Donovan Peoples-Jones is the number two wide receiver on this team now. Okay. What round are you taking him in? Uh, I'd probably take him instead of Huntley. All right, we're going off the rails here. Are we going um, off the rails here? People, are you the one who said people wanted to drafts? We're going off the rails. Here. Tell one you what, we did, who's your last? We did talk about who's the last it, guy you picked in your last draft? I don't know. I'll put Donovan Peoples-Jones up against him. The one thing we did talk about on today's episode, Nando, that uh, we should touch on is the the wide receivers and how the the cliff comes in like that sixth, seventh round of uh, high-stakes drafts and how we just didn't want to put ourselves in a position where um, you didn't want to have four or five wide receivers locked up. And, you know, there's that – you talk about that dead zone for running backs. That's like that fifth through seventh round range. Well, the 8th through 11th round, that wide receiver, you really don't want to head into those rounds and be looking for a wide receiver because the receivers that were there got moved up to the 6th and 7th round, and there's really nothing else there. You know, you're looking at like a George Pickens if you want to take a shot on him uh, or a Rondell Moore, you know, or a Nico Collins. So those are the type of receivers you're looking at, and if you need a 3rd or 4th receiver at that point – those are going to be your guys. So, you know, th- that's what the draft board is looking at at the high stakes level. And these drafts all take on a, you know, a feel of their own. And that's why I like to, and that's why they're wide receiver heavy drafts. And everybody wants to get their receivers early and often. And that's what I've been doing in all of them. How do you, I mean, like, you're, you're, you know, you do a show, you do a column, mm-hmm. you, you put like, you know, your biases are out there all the time. Uh, these other guys, my, and this is actually how Mike Edelman came up. Like, you know, like he doesn't, he's not out there. You know what I mean? He's not, he doesn't host a show and like you know, talk about the players he likes and stuff. Right. Um, I just find, I find that fascinating. Yeah, there are some high stakes players that, you know, work in uh, the industry. Uh, you know, Nelson Sousa does a great job over at FTN. Yeah, Chris uh, Liss. Three, Theo Greminger, who is also in the New York Super. He does player profile, I believe. And he runs a, he has an unbelievable podcast uh, with Dan Williamson, um, The Goat District. People should check that out also if you love yeah, the stakes talk. They asked me to come on, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 I can. I, are like, you going to go on? I don't know yeah. if you're going to be on. Well, but. it was uh, it was in the middle of bedtime, and then it was. Uh, bedtime. It was my, I had my draft tonight, and then I'm like, I'm asleep after that usually. Uh, Unless Vaquero doesn't hit record on a very simple thing that he's been doing for three years. It's, yeah. All right. So anyway, back to your question. The best part is you several, hit record. There are some. There, you did listen, hit record. There, there are high stakes players that are in the industry that, you know, they put their information out there. But and, you know, myself, I like to try and keep things close to the best. Others might not. They might be an open book. But 
with so much money on the line in all these drafts, I try and keep things close to the best until the last week here. And I'm like 90% done with all my high stakes drafts. So that's why I'm talking pretty freely tonight on this episode. And I, I think I talked pretty freely in the last bunch of episodes, but you know, you can't just say, hey, listen, if I'm fifth, uh, I'm going to take this guy. If I, because your competition is listening to you. So but I mean, like, they're not. I am the way I am. But anyway. If, the, I, the, if I consider myself one of the yeah. best fantasy football players in the world, I'm not going to be like, well, Vaccaro likes this guy, so i got to make sure I get him three picks before him. No, but I, I understand where you're coming from, but it's just a matter of, you know, you could put yourself in a position where – you know, all the high-stakes players, they know who the others like and who they don't like. At, but the how? Time we get, Is that from every year? You, I'm, gonna, from the- I'm going to tell you this, if you'll let me get it out. If you, you know, we have online championship season. We play in these drafts against each other nightly. Um, you know, you see the tendencies of each player. We all talk to each other. Everybody, hey, this player likes this guy. He's all in on this guy. You know, by the time you get to main event season, late August, early September, everybody has a pretty good feel for what the other top players are doing and how they want to build their teams, what players they're totally out on, which players they're in on. So back to your question, if I'm sitting in seat 12 in a draft and you know my competitor is in seat 11 and it's obvious and I'm out there like an open book saying my plan is every time to be in that 12 seat and I am in love with going receiver receiver this year and I want those two big receivers in the last tier of the top seven guys just say and that's my thing and then they see me pounding it out every draft as much as I can well if they that person gets to seat 11 pick 11 and there's two receivers on the board and two running backs on the board that are like the guys well, they're going to say, well, okay, Vaccaro is going to take both receivers. So let me take one of them right here and pick 11, knowing I'm not going to get one of those two receivers at the turn. You understand like something like that? That you, part you makes sense. I mean? So, yeah. So it's stuff like that. And trust me, it sounds crazy maybe to you, and it sounds crazy to some of our listeners, but I'm just saying at a high-stakes level, when you play against all these top players – you get a good feel of what the others like and don't like and stuff like that. That's why. That's why I, I it's why it's tough to be a completely open book. Well, I mean you're like that anyway. You're very shy in real life. Yeah. You <laughs> you you too. <laughs> you know, thinking back on uh I feel like those guys were making fun of me for the Donovan Peoples Jones Curtis Samuel thing. Oh no, buddy. They that's are. what it, that's what the way you that's what it oh, sounds no, like. Oh no, they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, no, they are. It's, yeah. Sorry. It's hurt. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, don't be hurt. I I'll mean, rise it's above it. What makes you you? It, 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 it's what makes you you, buddy, and it makes you so loved uh, you know, to the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> sure. Out there. Yeah. Like when we're talking about That's the ticket. Top 100 players and everything and then you just chime in with a Curtis Samuel versus Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then you talk about this week your Hayden Hurst and Noah Fant tight end combination that you love. I didn't say I loved it. I said that's what I've been forced to do because I, you know, didn't jump. Because you're in a, what, a 24-man league? (laughs) The last guy waiting for tight end? (laughs) uh, You know, at that point, like, it's just ceiling for me. Like, am I going to really, like, Tyler Higby, what's going to, you know? 
Tyler Higby in his 55 receptions for 580 yards and maybe like, you know, and Hayden, a, and a Hayden stretch Hurst of home and, run. And Hayden Hurst with his what? I don't know. That's the thing. Like Aiden Hurst, like could, eighty catches. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, well, I don't actually no, because there's there's no way that uh, those are enough boy. mouths to feed. But like, if T. Higgins gets hurt. Hayden Hurst, don't I, you, I assume, don't is the next. You say that. <laughs> don't you say that? That's a, that was another one when I was talking about. If Jamar that, Chase gets hurt. Yeah, that's fine. I, I actually don't have a lot of Jamar Chase. It just Dude, didn't fall that way. Middle of the first. You look at his game logs, man. Jamar Chase had some stinkers, dude. Like it's if, if you're looking for consistency on every week, like Jamar Chase had a stretch of games where it was like I'll say that I'll say this when we're talking about Bengals receivers. I know there's the stat out there that like what over the last eight games of last season, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase were basically identical target wise and receiving yard wise. And to me, that's makes Jamar Chase a risk not a risky pick. He's to me, he's a safe pick, but why would I want to take a Jamar Chase fifth overall when I know on the same team in the third round I can get somebody that could put up his same numbers in T. Higgins? You know, you can't say that about, you know, Justin Jefferson. You can't say that about Cooper Cup. you know? Right. Um, I, see what you, I see what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, some people some people make the argument, well, hey, maybe Allen Robinson's right there with Cooper Cup. Maybe Gabriel Davis is right there with Stephon Diggs. Nah, I don't see it. I don't see yeah. it either. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Gabe Davis has been a huge quagmire for me this this preseason. Yeah, he's been kind of a fade for me. He, he's not on any of my high-stakes teams. Yeah, he's a, none of mine either. But, yeah. It's just, I mean, we talked last week, actually, Nando, about how um, Gabriel Davis is the hottest name on the board, and he still is, and he's risen all the way to, hell, I was in a draft the other night, he went 25th overall, first pick of the third round. Um, you know, that's just, it's just there's so many receivers that I love in that, you know, uh, that third round of drafts, even into the fourth round. You know, uh, starting with DJ Moore and and Cortland Sutton and Allen Robinson and Rashad Bateman and Hollywood Brown into Elijah Moore, who I own. I think I own all the Elijah Moore short uh, shares. Um, you know, all those receivers. I'm either gonna take the first half of those names over Gabriel Davis, or I'm gonna wait and take a, the back half of those guys. So. Gabriel Davis just never finds his way onto any of my teams. I uh, I grabbed Elijah Moore in my draft. I had the draft I had before this call, the one my eight o'clock draft. Uh, it's a guy who used to work at CBS with Big Herc, who I think you might have met before. Yeah, Big Herc. Yeah. Um, he uh, so he changes the rules every year of the league, and you're like, you actually got to pay attention. Um, he made it a one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, four flex league. And so I basically, and, and he's giving 0.25 for first downs. So uh, I basically, just, I went, I took Jake's cheat sheet and like, you know, just checked out VORP for all these players. And it turned out like the way to do it was running back heavy. It was a PPR right. league. I right. like, I still don't fully understand how we're not going after a bunch of wide receivers, but I just followed the sheet and got a bunch of running backs and we'll see what happens. You seemed very prepared, Nando. No, well, no, you know what it was? I'm prepared for, like, a draft. I'm not prepared to, like, if it's .25 for first downs, no one is projecting first downs. And it looks like it – I almost ran a correlation on uh, on Excel, like, to put the first downs versus targets. But just eyeballing the top 100, it looked like just all the good people were getting first downs. 
There wasn't anything crazy that stuck out. So, gotcha, gotcha. but like trying to figure out value over replacement for a, like as the season's going to go along for a four flex, like I would have thought, let me just get a bunch of wide receivers, but the sheet said to get running backs. So, okay, you know, it's a $50 league, you know, it's nothing crazy. It's, it's a fun group of people. Tom Lorenzo's in it. Um, but yeah, it's like leagues like that. that that's my last one of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, unless I go over to nffc.com. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's how, like last night I had a draft, just my regular old half-point PPR. Everything was normal. Um, but the point is, after doing the fake show with you earlier today and doing this now, in between I had that draft, and I took Elijah Moore. I bumped him up and ah, grabbed him. Ah, there yeah. you go. See? Yeah. Well, I'm going to get you an Elijah Moore jersey for uh, Christmas, hopefully, when we win our leagues because oh. of him. I don't want that. We, you know, no. Our, oh, our wait, no. I'm sorry. Wait. I'm going to get you his rookie card. No, <laughs> I don't ah, want that either. There you go. I'm running out of room, man. I don't have that. Like, I can't, you know. Okay. But thank you for the thought. Okay, um, well, yeah. Yes. You know, uh, by the way, we're almost done with the show. I don't know if you have anything you need to get off your chest, but. No, no. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, our weekly show here. I'm looking forward to the listeners. Hopefully, um you your, know, call, your column's up, by the way. Your column's up. Nice. It went nice. up seven oh, minutes ago. I hope you. I hope the people listening to the show on opening night here have read or enjoyed my column that just went out. You already have a comment. Oh wow! Look at that. It's from is Mark it, is S. It po- is it a positive or a negative? <laughs> it says you spelled eighteen names wrong in here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I got them all. It says love it, Chris. Reader. Let's go. Blame blame my proofreader. Love it, Chris. Um, Let's go. No, nothing. I listen. You know, every week we'll be here. Middle of the week, we'll you know take a look at. The Jeez, Jake's already week. has fifteen comments. He went Jesus off at the same Christ. time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, man. Uh, <laughs> that's it. End the show now, though. No, go on. I'm I've sorry, had enough man. For you. No, it's I've just funny. For you I'm sorry. I just find it so hilarious. Go ahead, please. There's only please. so much Nando I can take in one day, and and we've reached that limit. Please, Christopher. No. Go. Nothing. Bring just us out of here. Just telling our listeners that, you know, hopefully you rock with us all year long and we'll be here previewing the upcoming week and talking a little bit about the previous week each, uh, you know, every what Wednesday we'll be here. And, I have uh, no idea, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right, because God forbid you gave me some good information on what the hell goes on. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. All right. Hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the show. Oh, man, you missed a classic earlier, though. That was something else. I might just release my side of the audio that I actually recorded, <laughs> uh, as you can imagine. It was it was really a lot. You know, there were like 10-minute gaps for Chris just monologues, but uh, I had some quips. As always. I had some as quips. Always. I'll run it through the otter.ai transcription and, uh, and see if there's anything good. Anyway, thank you all. We hope this is helpful. Uh, draft advice when drafts are over. Um, we'll see... <laughs> See you next week. Yo, shout out to Chris Welsh. This is the Welsh who's got to produce this now uh, on the West Coast, we assume. Okay, we'll talk to you all later. Bye.